This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of the Freeland Five, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Monday, April the eighteenth. 2022. The Freeland Five is at least the top five stories that I find to be very interesting as they pertain to professional wrestling across social media and the various wrestling websites. All right, let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. Our first story is coming from WrestlingNews.co. Alexa Bliss is reportedly unhappy with her WWE creative plans. Now, Paul Davis is writing in at this hour that Alexa Bliss has made it very clear that she has some concerns. Now, Fightful is reporting that Alexa Bliss has been very vocal about her displeasure with WWE Creative. As previously noted, Bliss has been hinting on social media that she was ready to return, and she did not know why she was off of TV for as long as she was, especially after the company had been airing vignettes for her back in January. Now, Bliss hasn't appeared on WWE TV since that one-off match she had at the Elimination Chamber. Now, the reports are the creative pitch for Bliss to be involved in the Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair feud. Well, that was shot down. The priority of booking with Bliss shifted significantly after her vignette started appearing on TV. It was also noted that Bliss had been very transparent about her frustration after noting of substance has not been put into her booking, especially in the last half year. Fightful added that talent that has heard from her said there's also discussions backstage at Bliss 
had voiced that directly to Vince McMahon himself. Now, in March, Bliss indicated on social media that she had no idea why she wasn't being used on TV. In March, it was reported by PW Insider that there were no plans for Bliss before WrestleMania. Now, last week, it was also reported that Bliss is listed as the number two female babyface on the roster thus far, yet she hasn't been on television. For more information regarding Alexa Bliss, definitely continue to follow Paul Davis with WrestlingNews.co. Also at this hour, WrestlingNews.co is reporting, Cody Rhodes explains his backstage meeting with Triple H at WWE WrestleMania. Now, there was some bad blood between Cody Rhodes and Triple H because of how things were handled during Cody's previous run in WWE. Now, there were some jabs taken from both sides while Cody was in AEW. Cody was asked if he saw Triple H at WrestleMania 38. I did. I was kind of careful. I wasn't too careful in the media scrum. I didn't really say what the interaction was like because... Because I think that that interaction with him should just be normal. Here is, you know, upper management and one of the greatest of all time going through a lot himself. Maybe just talking to me on another day, maybe a Tuesday. But for me, it just wasn't any other day because he was one of my favorites. I really did model a great portion of what I was doing, how he had modeled a lot of the brand that he created. I was very, very angry and anger remained to be a big part of what happened when we saw one another, how he saw me, what I wanted to do. I wanted to channel that anger differently this time, but it was just a really touching moment. I didn't tell anybody what he said, and I won't, but it was still a touching moment for both of us. I hear people say you shouldn't trust them. Above all, I trust myself. I do. I think I'm the best in the world at what we do, and that's because I work at it. I continue to work at it, and I want to love working at it. But it was just a nice moment between the two of us. If you'd like to find out more in this article about what Cody had to say, head on over to WrestlingNews.co, and Michael Schrute is writing in at this hour. All right, moving on to another interesting article, The Good Brothers. They describe their recent match with the Briscoes, and they describe how it felt. Michael Schrute's also writing in at this hour. The Good Brothers appeared on this week's Battleground podcast to discuss their match they had with the Briscoes and how Impact was with them and how the promotion is open to the Forbidden Door again. Now Luke Gallows was talking about the wrestling business and specifically wrestling with the Briscoes. He said and I quote, I felt like it was a moment. I felt like something people will remember for a long time. Gallows said, you know it's a benchmark to what we're doing here and what's going on. There's a lot of other companies that are happening right now. That was our third match with the Briscoes, once in Ring of Honor, once in New Japan, and now once in Impact. So kind of rubber match that we hit the magic killer. But professionally, I have always admired them. They're buddies of ours. They're great. They're hard-hitting professional wrestlers. So anytime we get a chance to mix it up with them, I think it's great. And I think it's a big coup for Impact Wrestling to have them. They are coming in for the next set of TV tapings. If you'd like to read more about what the comments were from the Good Brothers regarding working with the Briscoes, definitely go ahead and check out the article over at WrestlingNews.co. Writing in at this hour, Andrew Ravens is talking about Matt and Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy reacts to fans criticizing the way AEW has been booking Jeff Hardy. Now, ever since Jeff Hardy signed with All Elite Wrestling following his departure from WWE, the pair has been together as a tag team again. They even have used their old WWE theme song. In addition to working on Dynamite and Rampage, they've also competed on Dark in AEW's YouTube series. The Hardys teamed up with Top Flight 
White and Frankie Kazarian in a 10-man match against Private Party, The Blade, Max Caster, and Angelico on AEW Dark. Now, a fan took to Twitter to note that the fans knocked WWE for booking Jeff on Main Event, but haven't said a word about him working on Dark. Matt saw the tweet and replied to it. He noted that AEW President Tony Khan asked the Hardys if they were okay being on some of the YouTube shows. TK treats veterans and legends with the utmost respect and uses them the same. It's refreshing. Tony asked us if we are okay with being on different shows, and we are happy to. We want to work with the young stars like Top Flight. It's a treat to work in AEW. The Hardys will work AEW's Dark Elevation, where they teamed up with Top Flight, against the Andrade family office of Angelico, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Wen, and The Blade. If you'd like to read more about this, definitely head on over to WrestlingNews.co. Andrew Ravens has more about fans reacting to how Jeff Hardy is being booked. All right, moving on to another article that I find is really interesting. Triple H addresses the changes that have been made to NXT. Now, as many of you guys know, NXT has gone from the gold and black brand to NXT 2.0. Andrew Ravens is reporting at this hour. These are the comments Triple H has about the changes. When WWE rebranded NXT to NXT 2.0 in September of 2021, the company made various changes to the show. It came when Triple H stepped back from his duties as the producer of the show due to his heart issues that actually almost cost him his life. Now, during that time, many wrestlers that Triple H signed, including Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gorgano, left the company when their contracts were up and headed to AEW, along with stars such as Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Hit Row, and other people who were moved to the main roster but decided to leave as well. Now, while during an interview with The Athletic, Triple H spoke about the switch from NXT to NXT 2.0, and he defended the move. He noted that NXT went from a show on the WWE Network with a cult following and that needed to get on TV. He said, and I quote, The pandemic messed a little bit of it up because it was right where we were and right where we wanted it to be. We then had to shift our focus, doing it in front of no people. It completely altered what we were doing. We couldn't recruit or train talent for nearly two years, but the show stayed. Then we said, okay, let's reboot it. Let's go back to the way things originally were. Some of these people won't be ready for television, but we're going to put them on television. And we believe the audience is invested enough that the numbers might come down a bit, but a core group of them will stay and we won't be having a defeat. We're creating fresh new stars all the time, and that's what we're trying to do here. And right now we've realized our numbers have been stabilizing. If you'd like to read more about what Triple H had to say regarding the NXT reboot, Andrew Ravens has an article now over at WrestlingNews.co. I know many fans are displeased with the way NXT 2.0 has gone for the simple fact that many fans love the way NXT originally was and they didn't want to see things change. However, much like a lot of things, once you lose some of your main stars or some of your main stars realize that they're not going to get a big push on either SmackDown or Raw, they either decide, hey, I want to stay in NXT or they decide to leave the company once their contract expires. We've seen a lot of situations like this. Tommaso Ciampa was originally told, and this is what is being circulated around, that he wasn't going to get a main push on either Raw or SmackDown after NXT. Uh, Adam Cole was told the same thing. He was going to be more of a manager and an occasional wrestler. That's not something he wanted either. And Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish uh, got released, and they decided that they wanted to go elsewhere. So there's a lot of things that have changed with NXT, but Triple H believes that right now, with the rebranding of the NXT brand, that there will be 
creating new stars and things will be getting back to the way it was before the pandemic. All right, Andrew Ravens is also writing in this hour. Former WWE star Val Venus has been suspended from Twitter. Val Venus's real name, which is Sean Morley, is currently off Twitter and his account has been suspended from the social media platform. As it stands right now, there's no word yet on what caused Twitter to suspend his account, but right now he is no longer able to tweet. Now, this is not the first time that his Twitter account has been shut down. Last January, it was temporarily blocked because he violated Twitter's child sexual exploitivity policy. Now, the former two-time WWE Intercontinental Champion noted at the time that he was blocked because he shared evidence of Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, molesting children, including Malia Obama, the daughter of former U.S. President Barack Obama. In the past, Venus has shared some wild conspiracy theories on social media and has even called The Rock and Arnold Schwarzenegger traitors who sold out America to the communist China. Venus broke into wrestling back in 1994. He had two stints in the WWE, one from 1998 to 2009. He's also a former European tag team champion. He had a brief run in TNA Wrestling where he shifted his focus on being an advocate for the legalization of cannabis. If you'd like to find out more about Valvinus and how his account is suspended, definitely go ahead and follow Andrew Ravens over at WrestlingNews.co. All right, let's talk a little Satnam Singh. As we all know, AEW has debuted a brand new star, Satnam Singh. It was also reported that the reason for bringing him in was because that AEW is trying to evolve and trying to expand their market over in India. Well, Andrew Ravens is discussing this right now in an article. Satnam Singh made his AEW debut after signing with the promotion last September, following the main event of Wednesday episode of Dynamite. Now, the seven foot three former NBA player attacks Samoa Joe after he beat Minoru Suzuki to win the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Singh appeared in the ring next to Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt in attacking Joe. Now, the segment was criticized due to the lights on, lights off situation where Singh appeared instead of a larger name that many fans had been expecting. While speaking with Ruby Aurora, he continued on what led to his decision to sign with AEW instead of going to rival WWE. Singh would say, I have given trials for WWE as well, and I liked it very much. I liked AEW well. AEW is brand new. It's only been around for a couple of years, and it's really on fire. I thought that if I go to AEW, I would be the first again, the first wrestler from India. I would make another historic moment for India with AEW. If I go to WWE, there would be some amazing buzz. Amazing because they already had some Indian people who'd wrestled with them before. They've already had some big men as well. So as amazing it was a B, I wouldn't be the first. I would go the over there and there would be other people. And then the creative history. So not for me, the Indian wrestler says, not for everyone. His debut was also tied to the Warner Media Discovery merger as AEW, as I previously mentioned, is trying to build its brand over in India. If you'd like to find out more about why Satnam Singh is joining AEW, Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour at WrestlingNews.co. All right, moving on. More news that is breaking as of today, and I think a lot of fans who are more old school fans may like this. Peacock has added more episodes of classic WWE programming to the WWE portion of the platform. Peacock has added episodes of WWE superstars ranging from April 95 to June of 95. Now, Jeff Jarrett, Bob Backlund, Razor Ramon, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Jim Cornette, Bret Hart, Jerry Lawler, 
Yokozuna, Mr. Perfect, and Bam Bam Bigelow are all going to be featured on those episodes. Now, the fans can check out the episodes of these by going to the archive section of it, and they can find superstars. The specific episodes are April the 8th of 1995, where Jeff Jarrett faces Aldo Montoya. Jean-Pierre Lafitte makes his in-ring debut. The April 5th, 19th, 1995 episode, the Smoking Guns square off against the Shoguns. The Allied Powers and Adam Bomb compete in the ring as well. If you'd like a detailed breakdown of all the episodes, head on over right now to WrestlingNews.co. Great article by Andrew Ravens. And if you have the Peacock platform, you can check those out as well. All right, moving on. Cody Rhodes says making political decisions and not unboxing himself into the corner, taking him out of the AEW world title picture. Well, looking back, they probably weren't the best decisions. Right now, writing in this hour, Michael Schrute is writing in about Cody Rhodes. Cody appeared on the Out of Character with Ryan Satin podcast to talk about his decision to return to WWE after spending three years in AEW. Cody was asked about what he meant when he said that he wasn't mature enough to be in a VP role in AEW. Rhodes would respond by saying, I think that role, I did it well. I was very active. I did start the community department. Brandy did bring Culture City into the wrestling and sports entertainment space, so we were very active in terms of all of the facets that had to do with the EVP roles. We wanted a wrestling company brought to the wrestlers for sure. That's a huge part of our mission, but maybe this position would have been better suited for somebody in a later age. Maybe if I was 45, but I'm not. I'm 33, and I'm just entering the prime of my career. So to make political decisions and boxing myself out of not winning the world championship in AEW, those decisions in hindsight were not the correct ones that I should have been making. I'm the best wrestler in the world. I can tell you that without sounding braggadocious. And it's simply because this is what I do. I train a lot to do it. I live and breathe it. I have a school here with four rings. I treat this as if I'm an athlete in the NFL would treat a game. But with that in mind, I need to be that. I needed to be both. And sometimes it was just too difficult. That's not where I wanted to be. I did not have the maturity to be able to balance it out. It wasn't a matter of being one of the boys versus not being one of the boys. I'm no longer just one of the boys. I love it. But sometimes when you are not backstage and you're doing other things, things can be appear to being a little bit different, especially when you're in production meetings. Right now, I'm happy I can just go and wrestle again. If you'd like to go ahead and read more about why Cody Rhodes, I'm mentioning more things about his departure from AEW. Michael Schrute is writing in at this hour on wrestlingnews.co next diamond dallas page reaches out to former ecw start for some help uh, andrew ravens is reporting at this hour diamond dallas page known as ddp in the wrestling world has helped out several wrestlers in the past and now is offering his services to ecw legend sabu the wwe hall of famer has helped out countless people with his ddp yoga program including Chris Jericho with his back. He's also helped wrestlers with substance abuse problems like Jake the Snake Roberts and the late Scott Hall. He is currently working with former WCW WWE star Buff Bagwell, who announced last month that he would be moving in to Diamond Dallas's place to get help. Now, Sabu mentioned last November while speaking with Wrestling Shoot Interview that he is officially retired from wrestling due to issues with his back. In a quote, Sabu said, I'm not doing real good. I hurt my back about a year ago, and it still has been hurting. I wrestled a couple of weeks ago, 
and I shouldn't have. I only wrestled like twice in the last year, and I only went to the gym a couple of times last year because of my back. I'm probably not going to wrestle anymore. I'm probably just going to do autograph signings and personal appearances and stuff like that. Now, Sabu was known for working his hardcore style and taking very dangerous spots in some wild bouts with barbed wire during his days in ECW. Now, DDP commented on the Facebook post by Russell Botch about Sabu doing a stretcher spot. He wrote, my man Sabu needs to come and see me. So we hope Sabu does get a chance to connect with DDP and we wish him the best and a speedy recovery with his injuries. All right, Becky Lynch is making news right now at this hour. Andrew Ravens is writing in once again with WrestlingNews.co. Now, despite not appearing on television in the recent weeks, Becky Lynch is still working live events for WWE as she was in action this past Saturday and Sunday at house shows where she lost to Bianca Belair. Hasn't been seen on Monday Night Raw since she dropped Raw Women's title to Belair earlier this month, but Lynch has been one of Raw's main champions for over a year before she vacated the title due to her pregnancy. She came back late in August to SummerSlam to beat Belair in a quick match to become the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, during the 2021 draft, Lynch was sent back to Raw and Charlotte Flair to SmackDown, so they had their famous exchanging of the belts, which led to a real-life backstage confrontation. WWE sent out a video on Twitter of Lynch explaining why she hasn't been on TV and in any storylines. She noted it's because she's not ready to appear on TV without her title. She noticed she could win it back at any point in time, but it's just not been the case right now. If you'd like to read more about Becky Lynch and why she's been kept off of television, Andrew Ravens has a great article right now at WrestlingNews.co. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on. Some more interesting news here. Uh, Paul Davis is writing in at this hour. More interesting news about the Rotundas. Now, Mike Rotunda, Bray Wyatt, and Bo Dallas might not be done with wrestling. Vince McMahon man didn't give Bo a chance. What do we mean by that? Paul Davis has this to say. WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, also known as IRS, was interviewed on stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. He shared many stories from his days as an active wrestler, including one funny story about Bob Orton and Rowdy Piper. Rotunda was also asked about his sons, Taylor, which is also known as Bo Dallas, and Wyndham, which is Bray Wyatt, getting into the business and if he was excited when they made the decision to become pro wrestlers. Rotunda said, I didn't push them to get into it, and I told them it's a hard business. You know you're going to have a lot of stuff to go through. And of course, I think it's a natural thing for them. Their grandfather did it, their uncles did it, and their dad did it. No matter what you try to tell them, they're going to want to try to do it too. And they did it, and they were both successful. Vince, I don't think gave my youngest son, Taylor, a chance because Taylor is a very hard worker. He really is. You can't teach that kind of timing and stuff. And Wyndham, he has it. He's got a great gimmick. He got over because he could talk and he was a unique type of character. I'm actually really proud of them both. Rotunda hinted that his sons are not done in wrestling either. He said, they're definitely not done. Maybe done. I don't know. They kind of got their foot in and they're doing a lot of other things as well, trying to see what else is available for them now. So, you know, maybe you'll see them back. Maybe you won't. I personally don't know, but I don't want to speak for them either because I know they're trying to reach on some of their goals and do some other things. 
Rotunda also talked about his years as a WWE agent and a producer. He said he didn't enjoy it because it was a very high-stress job. He would go on to say, I didn't enjoy it. I can't believe it lasted 13 years. It was a stressful job, and you know when everything went to live television, it got even more stressful because you could fix things on tape if you had to when some things went wrong. But once it went to live, it was just an enormous amount of stress doing the job. It really was. You know, you're trying to do the best you can, but not everything is going to work out right. It's the wrestling business, you know. It's not like cookie cutters. You know, it's like running a football play. You're going to run the first five plays, and maybe two of them are not going to work out. So a lot of things are going to happen. Again, it's very stressful. If you'd like to read more on what IRS had to say about his time in WWE and his sons, definitely check out Paul Davis's article right now on WrestlingNews.co. Another interesting article coming out right now regards FTR. FTR, as many people know, are one of the hottest tag teams in the world of professional wrestling. They have dominated headlines this year. Well, we're finding out some more information on them. Paul Davis is writing at this hour, the Calvary Hitmen sent out jerseys to CM Punk and FTR within the last month. Last night's announcement from Big Time Wrestling about Bret Hart now being the manager uh, has officially come true. Hart will show up and be the manager for FTR in an upcoming match. During Dave Meltzer's appearance on Sunday night's main event, Mike McGuire noted that Hart was wearing an FTR shirt recently at a Calvary Hitman game. McGuire said, I have some friends that recently worked with him in Calgary at a Bret Hart appreciation night at the Calvary Hitman game. And so the independent wrestling promotion reached out to him. It was Prairie Wrestling Alliance. They did a show after the hockey game on the ice. Brett was there and he might have been seen sporting an FTR shirt. Dave Meltzer added, I can tell you something else. The Calvary Hitman hockey team contacted me to get jerseys for FTR and CM Punk and they wanted to send them. And it's very interesting how hard FTR is pushing right now for Brett to potentially join him in AEW. Hart will manage FTR at the BTW event big time wrestling on June 10th in Webster, Massachusetts. It was noted during Saturday night's main event that the last time the rumors were about them returning to TV. John Moxley was recently also announced for a GCW show in the Hammerstein Ballroom, and he returned to Dynamite episode after the pay-per-view. Very interesting to see what will happen. Will Bret Hart stay with FTR, or will this be a one-time thing? Not 100% sure with the Hitman, but Paul Davis has all your information right now if you head on over to WrestlingNews.co. All right, let's go ahead and talk some Tony Khan news, as he is always interesting, and he's a very polarizing character in the professional wrestling world. AEW is not denying the rumors about Tony Khan's upcoming huge announcement, but they're not really confirming them either. Paul Davis writes in, During his appearance on Sunday night's main event podcast, Dave Meltzer discussed speculation and rumors about what Tony Khan's huge announcement could be scheduled for this Wednesday on Dynamite. Meltzer said that the timing was, well, it makes most, most sense to see if Khan's big announcement is going to be coming out whether it's regarding Ring of Honor or a streaming TV deal. Meltzer also acknowledged that he's heard there are several rumors about a joint show with New Japan Wrestling, and he said that that story has not been confirmed, yet it is not ISALT being denied either. Meltzer said, I've heard a lot of rumors regarding AEW and New Japan working together. One thing is, no one can say it's been confirmed, yet no one will say that it is denied either. 
So what's going to happen with Tony Khan's big announcement? Will it be a streaming deal that has been reached either with an HBO Max or another provider? Will it be a big mega show between New Japan and AEW, or could it be something else? You're going to have to tune in to AEW Dynamite this coming Wednesday night as you will find out what Tony Khan's big announcement is. If you'd like to read more on this, Paul Davis has all of the details over at WrestlingNews.co. All right, let's keep the articles rolling here. Let's talk a little bit about Mickey James. Paul Davis is writing in at this hour. Mickey James has gone onto social media to comment on a picture that was taken with her and a wrestling fan and all the backlash the fan got. Mickey James took to Instagram to address the criticism about a photo she took with a fan at an autograph signing. She wrote, and I quote, Happy Easter morning. Just hoping that all of you are having a great time. I want to clarify something here. It has come to my attention that our friend Leonard.Linton.752 has been completely annihilated on social media about the picture, so I feel I need to set the record straight. Number one, I am a grown-ass woman, grown enough to say no, grown enough to choose if I want to do something or not, and grown enough to defend myself if I must. I've literally been doing it my whole life. I truly appreciate your love and concern and support, but everything I've seen on this has been so un so unkind and so uncalled for. Number two, I personally asked Leonard to take that photo with me at G at G A W T V uh, at WrestleCon because I thought it would be funny in a special moment since he has been so supportive of me from day one. And number three, the reason I asked Leonard to take this was because I thought it would be a fun photo with me. I knew he was currently bidding on a bunch of dresses from mine. Over the past two Dresselmanias, Leonard has personally donated close to $4,000 to all of our charities, 2,000 of those being of my dresses alone, and he didn't, did end up winning this year. So happy. And number four, I was uncomfortable, not because the picture, but because at this point I was exhausted. My shoes sucked. My body was hurting from two awesome matches, from signing all day, from decorating and preparing and putting on the event crying my eyes out for the entirety of it over the amount of personal stories that I've shared with peers and the struggles in my victories. Number five, the sad part about all this is you've actually never met Leonard and you don't know him at all. You only are judging based upon this picture. She would go on to list more reasons why that she is defending um, this fan based upon the social media interactions. If you'd like to read more of that, Paul Davis has the entire article over at WrestlingNews.co. Paul Davis also was reporting in at this hour. It was the first look at LA Knight as a manager. He is now the head of a new stable. As noted on Friday night, L.A. Knight has made his managerial debut during a dark segment before WWE Friday Night SmackDown. Now, the footage of Knight can be seen. Knight announced to the fans that he is launching the Knight Model Management Stable as the first member of the group is Mace, formerly of the Retribution Stable. Knight described his stable as a talent agency, and it was made clear that he is a heel after he insulted all of the fans. Now, it's unclear if it is officially the end for Knight as an in-ring competitor or if he will be a combination of a wrestler or manager. The decision to make Knight a manager is what Vince McMahon wanted to do several months back 
with Adam Cole. Now, the idea with Cole is that he would manage Keith Lee. He would also be taking time, having him change his name as well and cut his hair. Cole passed on the signing of a new contract, and that's when he made the jump to AEW. During his time in NXT, Knight won the Million Dollar Championship. He also was a former Impact World Champion and a former Impact World Tag Team Champion with Scott Steiner. If you'd like to know more about what's going to be happening with LA Knight, going forward in WWE, Paul Davis has all the information on that. Head on over to WrestlingNews.co. Roman Reigns. Loves interacting with the fans, but he's got a request for everybody who takes out their phones. Roman Reigns breaks character at WWE House Show, and he asks fans not to post his comments on social media. Andrew Ravens is also reporting at this hour. Roman Reigns once again broke character at a WWE live event, but this time he had a request for the fans in attendance. Reigns previously broke character by doing a babyface promo for his hometown fans in Pensacola, Florida last month. Earlier... Uh, in the day, he made an announcement that he would like everyone to be more cautious about what they choose to post on social media as it pertains to storylines in his character. Reigns also thanked all the fans for coming out, but asked them not to post anything because he is a heel on TV. If you'd like to go ahead and see the video itself, it is circulating online right now. Now, at the event, Reigns retained the unified WWE Universe title against Drew McIntyre in the main event. This is a match that McIntyre recently pushed that he would like to have on the upcoming UK shows on Saturday, September 3rd at the Cardiff Principality Stadium, which will mark the first major pay-per-view event that the WWE is having in the UK since 1992. All right, that's going to do it for all the stories right now that are trending on social media and the various wrestling websites if you enjoy what we are doing and i really hope you do go ahead and continue to follow us you can follow me at m-i-k-e-f-r-e-l-a-n-d we drop daily news podcasts each and every day giving you all the wrestling headlines from all the wrestling websites and we credit the journalists as well guys these aren't my stories i'm just sharing the news because i want to promote the sites and i also want to promote the great great journalists that's gonna do it we'll catch you next time on the freeland five the world of nlw radio never stops